Hey everybody, and you're listening to the High Sessions Hawaii podcast, where we talk about everything local and beyond. I'm John Minasato, your host, and joining me today is Mr. Kyle Shimabukuro. Hello. Mr. Devin Nikoba. Hello. And coming up in a little bit is going to be Big Koa from 98.5. So he'll be joining us in a little while, but before we begin, let me remind our listeners of all the ways that they can stay in touch with the show. There is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at High Sessions. Then you have SoundCloud. YouTube and Apple Podcasts. When you get there, please rate us a five because Johnny Five is alive. And finally, you can email us at highsessions at yahoo.com. By the way, if you got that reference, you're, you're old. I don't even know what you're talking about with that. Program. You don't know Johnny Five is alive? No. Wow. Okay. Why, Devin, you know. What? What he just said. No. See? Wow. You guys did not see the classic movie, Short Circuit? Oh, no, I saw that movie. Oh, yeah, but I don't remember that line. Johnny Five is alive, man. Well, what's your line? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a robot just saying, I'm alive. Yeah, that's right. It wasn't that much of a memorable movie that I would remember any line from it. Well, when I was probably seven when the thing came out. So, <laughs> you know, for seven-year-old Johnny Masato was an interesting movie for sure. True, true. Devin, so. you might can go a little bit louder. Um, let's see. Okay. If you would like to help the show and get more music on the channel, please go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and donate. There you'll get more involved with the show and help determine what is filmed. We'd like to send a nice shout-out to Mr. Kevin. Uh, Kevin is our new Patreon member. Thank you very much for joining up and, uh, and supporting the show, man. So how is everybody? I, I, I'm, like, frazzled this week. I had so, so much stuff going on. Monday, yeah, you Tuesday, sound whatever. frazzled this week. You yeah. sound, sound busy. It's just, just a lot of stuff going on. I know Devin. You, you, so, Devin, why don't you tell us about your crazy <laughs> week, right? Because, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, you, you, you explain. Uh, so I, uh, I got the week off because the gentleman who was sitting in for me last week, uh, Reed, couldn't like go. He, he's going to be moving on to a, a, another thing, so he can't sit in in the morning show. Uh, so they basically said, okay, Devin. Now or never, go take vacation. I'm like, okay. So I got a week's vacation on Friday. Devin, about, mm, hold on. I'm going to bring Big Koa in. Oh, okay, okay. And then we can go on. Cool. Oh, he's connecting oh, oh, to audio. He's connecting to audio. Connected to yeah, audio. buddy. There he is. All right. I am in there like swim well. <laughs> <laughs> that one's so old. We got we to gotta find another one from that. that. That actually works, bro. I like that. I like that. What's up, gentlemen? How hey, you, Mr. Koa, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, man. You know, music, dealing with music. <laughs> a little late yeah. for this one, but we're yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no worries. Hey, um, so let me introduce you before we keep going. Uh, so I'm John, and uh, I don't know if you could see me, but then there's Kyle. I'm, I'm John. I think he knows you, John. How's it? I got you, John. Uh, right on. And then Kyle's <laughs> there, and uh, you know Devin, right? Of course. Right now okay. we're just disembodied voices to him, I think, because yeah, the, yeah, the camera yeah. he doesn't have his camera on, so it's all good. But oh wait, wait, okay. Uh let me figure this out. Sorry guys, this is only my Well now he's <laughs> muted himself. <laughs> okay, wait. <laughs> he definitely okay. Oh hey. there he is. Okay. Yeah, your mic's on, everything is all good. Okay, I'm not There's that handsome, there's that handsome there. guy. Look at that <laughs> handsome guy right there. I was looking at his uh Facebook 
uh, last night. He had this nice Kramer's model picture out there, up there oh, of man. him like in his younger days. And so we'll talk about that. But uh, Cole, if you don't mind, Devin was uh, going to tell us a story about his uh, crazy weekend with uh, COVID and all that stuff. Oh yeah, do explain, buddy. No, no, no. So uh, I, I was sitting at home enjoying my uh, last few days of vacation, and then uh, I got a call from my on-air uh, partner, as me, and she said, "Hey, by the way, uh, Lieutenant Governor's staff uh, tested positive for COVID." And I went, "Huh?" And apparently, you know, Lieutenant Governor comes to visit us every week, uh, every Friday. Either he comes in, uh, he comes in the studio, or he talks to us on the phone. And so he said, "She goes, yeah." So. We're waiting for him to get his test back to find out whether he's positive or not. And I went, oh, okay. And the, the ironic thing is that was the day that uh, the lieutenant governor brought in a nurse and tested Esme and Reed, who's sitting in for me. You know, real degree, uh, right? Right, right. So they tested them, and that's the day that the lieutenant governor found out that he was positive, which means that Esme's out because she has to quarantine for two weeks. Uh, Reed is out because he has to quarantine for two weeks. And then our um, 1027 the bomb is also, uh, they, they got hit as well. So, yeah, it's awesome. So you know, is- he used to come into our station. And uh, then we stopped allowing any in-studio guests, period. It didn't matter who you were. So we <laughs> went strictly by phone. So saved us. I know, man. Yeah, so, so it's been uh, it's been like the movie uh, 28 days later, you know, when he wakes up from in the hospital and there's like <laughs> nobody around. That's kind of what it's like being in radio right now because there's nobody around. Everybody. It's like the, uh, that's like the opening episode of Walking Dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That, that was an excellent opening. Ep- I mean, that, that episode cooked me on that show for a long time mm-hmm. until they killed Glenn. Sorry, spoilers. I, well, I know. And they popped out his eye and the whole thing was gross, man. Yeah, yeah, it but, got weird. I stopped watching it uh, after a while. It was really good. Like you said, it hooked you. It got you in there. And then it just kind of like that. People started dying off some of your favorite characters. And yeah. Yeah, I'm done with this. Yeah. You know, you know that I would mean, be like Game of Thrones killing off Daenerys Targaryen in the beginning of the show. It's like there's <laughs> no reason to watch after that. You know, Instead of the end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like The Walking Dead, they could have, if they had just. Um, ended it earlier you know at some point like mm. because it, it starts getting ridiculous too when you're in like year 15 and there's still zombies around like <laughs> either they're, they're still there or they're not you know at that point either they've taken over the world or, or they they're all died off that's my right. my thought <laughs> so hey before before uh, so cool before we get in, into your interview i got a, a question for everybody because i it just this just happened to me so it's it's right on my mind and I want to get everybody's opinion on it. when you go to get sushi now, like a hand roll in the, in the olden days, they had the plastic that they would just kind of fold over and then they'd roll it. You'd unfold it and then you'd roll it out and then you got your hand roll. Yeah. Now they have this like puzzle piece thing where you, you unroll it and then the nori is, is still in plastic. So you have to peel back one side and you have to roll the rice over to one side and you peel mm-hmm. back the other side and you roll the rice back to the other side and then you get your, roll and i understand that that is to um preserve the crispiness of the nori but is it worth all that work and and you know like rolling it back and forth and when you pull that thing sometimes it rips the nori because it doesn't it doesn't pull you know 
perfectly kind of thing, just kind of rips off or there's plastic. Do you feel that it is worth all that trouble? John, it's been like that for years. Yeah. It has been. Where have you been getting your yeah. sushi? Because I go to 7-Eleven. <laughs> it's been like that for years. Yeah, for years, but, but I'm, a, I'm an older guy. I do remember the days of, of just opening it up and just it's there. You know, I don't have to do this whole like thing. So, so you, guys, you guys think it's worth the effort for the crispy nori? Well, well, I used to say to them, like, take their hand and then yeah. they would wet it in something and then wet all the nori with their bare hand, you know, no gloves on. Yeah, and I, I don't know in this day and age, like I I like <laughs> to just think you know it's just crispy because nobody touched it. Yeah, uh, maybe just I the see. one part's wet. I don't know if they like lick it like that and then roll it in the plastic. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure, but uh, I like the but, crispiness. Uh, I mean, especially in, at Seven Eleven because they put everything in the fridge anyway, so the thing's gonna right, be crispy. Right. So but you you, you had I guess you had a hard time putting together your uh, <laughs> your well, sushi then. Where'd you get it from, Don? Where'd you get your sushi from? I'm not going to out this uh, establishment because it's, I like eating there. But well, was it a sushi place? or was It, it was a sushi like place. It? No, it wasn't, oh. it wasn't a 7-Eleven. It wasn't a, a Kozo Sushi or anything. It was mm. like a sushi place. But they do take out, you know, kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm trying to just, so I'm trying to get to this. So I'm, I'm driving and I, on one hand, I want to eat my, my roll, but I can't. I ate one, and the second one sitting there, I can't, I can't get to it because I can't drive and open that thing. I had to pull over, <laughs> just park my car, do the yeah. whole dance. Then I could eat the second one, you know? Oh, you yeah. didn't have to eat the nori. You could have just ate the inside. It would yeah. be fine. <laughs> well, come now, on, that Devin. sounds like when I buy a box of manapua, and I get in my car, and I'm driving down the road, and I want to eat one, but I can't get the ribbon off. So, you know, you got to go stop your car. You got to take your keys out and then cut it with the keys just so you can have a manapua. That's right. That's you know, right. the worst thing of a manapua is, is when you're eating it and you're halfway through and you find out you forgot to take out the, um, the paper on the bottom. The paper on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> That's the extra fiber, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, All right. Man. So, I, I don't know. I just wanted to bring it up because it's, it's freshly on my mind because here I am trying to rush home to get to this thing and I'm trying to eat my rolls but it's having such a hard time in the car but uh, to big koa and my credit you know we're responsible drivers we don't try to do it while we're driving while the car's in motion we both pull over absolutely take care okay. of our stuff and then good job and then back on the road that's how that's <laughs> how all right so hey uh so big koa let's let's dial, delve into you and your history i, I know you, how long have you been at 98.5 i know it's been a little while at this particular station i want to think uh you gotta add together all the years <laughs> all, all in all i've been in radio since 2000 so this is my 20th year in radio wow um, silver at 985 no, i want to think uh well, what seven years what seven okay. years or so and, and then pd for the station for three years oh okay before okay. that i was music director and then just did afternoons but pd for three years at the station and what what year did they do the switchover? Because I know that it went from it, it's had it's had different amalgamations over the years, right? Ninety eight five and what they played. I want to think. Uh, well, this particular island format switched over in nineteen ninety nine, so right. it was about two years before I got in. I want to think. And and I know I know that you guys have um, kind of kind of moved more toward the kind of the more heavier reggae stuff and. I, I want to say pop, but it's not really pop, but like the, the new, the new brand of new sound. Yeah. The new sound. Yeah. Uh, of it all. And, um, was that your doing or, or, uh, 
with it? Um, well, I, you know, I've always been a fan of like the reggae music, um, the kind of Jawaiian style music. Of course, it had its evolution, yeah. right? And it kind of evolved up, but then new sounds started coming in. So because of our access, you know, to, to the online and internet and what we can hear and, and artists that we can reach out to, um, I didn't realize that there's so many different genres of the quote unquote reggae sound. So yeah. you got somebody like a Maxi Priest and they call his like a North Northwest reggae, okay. which I assume it, it, what I would call pop reggae. So a lot of artists are starting to get these influences from, and then you got the Afrobeat sound, uh, which is like the Caribbean kind of uh, dance hall sound. And then Trinidad has their own sound and Jamaica has their own, which you're kind of leaning towards a new sound coming out of there where you got these guys like uh, Popcon and, and these artists, um, I don't know what they call it, but I call it like gangsta far eye. Huh. It's almost like they're just, they're rapping over these beats in a patois style. And to me, it's like the kind of reggae that I think, you know, we play on this island or what we think is reggae is like a one drop. It's like yeah. Jenkin, Jenkin, everything got that, that sound to it, you know, but um, now it's like a, some of these newer artists are starting to, you know, discover their own sound. Maybe they grew up listening to Maxi Priest and, and grew up listening to some boys to men at the same time and, and whatnot. So they kind of influence this R and B pop sound of reggae and they add that little wink it, wink it in there to uh, push it off as well, a reggae song. Yeah. You know, the, um, when you say rap, you're talking about like, like what we would consider like uh, regular rap, but I know like in the, ba in the old days, like, you know, there was like Chakademus and Pliers and stuff like that. And, you know, to me, Chakademus kind of rapped, you know, that's like a dance yeah, hall. Yeah, so that's like, um, like dance hall. Yeah, like the Buju Bantans, like um, those kind of guys. Oh, okay. It, it's cool, yeah, because, uh, Devin, why are you laughing? You're laughing at me. It's just, it's always fun to listen to Cole talk about the music. Because he has such a depth of knowledge about the thing that you just listen to, and I'm like, I had no idea, man. That's that's kind of cool. But you know, he just he he loves the music so much. It's just fun to listen to him talk about it. So sorry. You know, sorry. I love a lot of music. Like growing up, I mean, my my family was uh in music, and you know, not only in uh, Hawaiian. Like you know, growing up uh, around Uncle Israel, Kamakwiwale. I don't know if you guys heard of him. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was pretty popular out here. But um, yeah, I mean, just, you know, being around him and learning that side of it. I mean, he wasn't, everybody would think that, oh, he does Hawaiian music. He's only into Hawaiian music. But I remember going to, we flew up to Big Island. I think we were going to uh, Mary Monarch one year. And um, we were passing the mall in Hilo. And he was like, oh, uh, Marlene, you know, telling his wife, hey, pull over over here by the mall. And then he sends me and his daughter into, uh, I think it was Tower Records or something that was inside the mall. And he's like, hey, here's some money. Go, go get me the new, uh, the new Tupac album, the Machiavelli. <laughs> and uh, and there's something else that was out at that time, too. So we went in there and grabbed him the new rap albums. And he was listening to it, you know, in the car up there. Where we were driving around. So it's uh -huh. like he was into different music. My grandfather and my whole family on my dad's side was in theatricals. So... They, uh, you know, my granddad did opera and they worked in the movie business. And I watched, you know, I went to every show of Phantom of the Opera when it was out here and Cats and Les Miserables and, you know, all of these stage plays that came through. So I love that kind of music. I love the reggae music. I love the rap. I, I like it all. If it sounds good, I like it. Were you in theater too at, at some point? Being involved uh, with all the backstage and stuff? 
well, just as a kid, I, I mean, I the concert hall and Blaisdells, the, those were my playgrounds. Um, I mean, sometimes my dad didn't have a babysitter, so I'd be with him, you know, up in a spotlight rink running around and drinking all the chocolate milk they had in the artist freezers in the back and stuff like that. So it was my playground. I, I literally grew up in it. You know, my granddad, my dad, my uncles, my cousins, they all work in that business. So that's pretty much where... You know, I got to uh, hang out, stay and play. And of course, that comes with all the concerts they work on, too. So you name it. Uh, Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, um, Prince, uh, any big Pearl Jam, any huge concert that came through. I was always in the backstage running around while my dad was working. Wow. You said the you said the magic word for Kyle, Pearl Jam. <laughs> yeah, all of them. Um, I mean, I uh, I don't I didn't go to Elvis Presley. I think he passed before I was born. But uh, my granddad designed his stage when he was out here, and oh, wow. it was one of my my dad's first gigs to babysit the Blaisdell. Um, and after they were filming, now, what is it called? The Law from Hawaii? Which one did mm -hmm. Elvis do? I think so. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, they were filming that over two nights, and. My dad had to stay there overnight and watch the Blaisdell on the stage, and he had to repaint the stage black for the next night's filming. And then they combined both of those nights into the Aloha from Hawaii. Oh, wow. And in fact, that yellow feather lei, and I don't think anybody knows this, but that yellow feather lei that Elvis Presley was wearing in that show is sitting in a shadow box right now in my uh, Auntie Jane's house. Wow. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And if you ever watch that show again and you notice that some shots will have the yellow lay on because they, for shooting, they had to mimic exactly what he was wearing. Yeah. But right. he had the yellow lay night one. And then my dad found it night one and took it home. And then night two of filming, <laughs> um, he didn't have the yellow lay. So you'll see some shots with him with the lay and then some without. So little fun fact there next time you guys watch that. Oh. So you're, you're born here and, and raised in Honolulu? Uh, yeah, born and raised Kailua. Kailua, okay, all right. Yeah, Kailua. Oh, that's right. And you, you ran into Devin the other day while he was doing his speed walking. Yeah, I did. I uh, almost ran right into him, literally. But. Ran me right over. <laughs> Actually, his wife almost ran me over because she's much faster. Well, was yeah, Devin not looking again at the road? Is he looking at his phone and walking again? Of course, he always does that. You know, Devin, that's not safe, man. I try and teach my wife if she's ever walking by herself, don't stare at your phone. You, know, you got to be observant of your surroundings. Devin's probably playing Pokemon Go. That's why he's always looking at his thing. His <laughs> thing exactly. Wow. <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually Candy Crush Soda, but yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, on my phone. Devin, you got to look around and be aware of your surroundings. You can't just stare at your phone and walk. I'm, it's Kailua, and I figure if anybody's coming, it's Koa, and I don't have yeah, to worry if it's him because I know him. You fight so. with the other guy. Ah, no, but he was being stupid, so it's okay. <laughs> I'm all right. De Devin's like the slow driver in the left lane, man. <laughs> Taking up the sidewalk. That's right. <laughs> so, so you, so you go through your life doing these concerts, concert promotion, doing the backstage and all that stuff. Was it always the plan then to end up in radio, or is that something that just kind of presented itself to you? You know, not at all. But amazingly, I actually wanted to be an artist. Like as a kid, you know, it's like you see all these people on stage and, and how magical it is when they put on a show and stuff and, and you want to do music. So believe it or not, mm. I used to kind of kind of rap. And um, Uncle Israel uh, was about to he was remaking 
um, the song Johnny Mahoy that was mm -hmm, written mm -hmm. from Dale Beasley. And I remember him saying that he wanted to incorporate a remix and, and have a little rap. And at that time, I think I was only like 11. I think I was like 11 years old. And um, he basically was like, hey, boy, you're always doing that. You, you like do the rap stuff, eh? So make me a little rap. We'll see what the thing sound like. So I actually started writing something um, to that song. And, uh, and then he passed. Oh, so it's like wow. he heard it, he loved it, and then he passed. You know, that, that whole situation wow. happened, and it didn't happen. But um, from then on, believe it or not, man, uh, when I first first ended up on air, I was getting interviewed for those pictures that you were talking about of me. Yeah, looking yeah, like, yeah. I don't yeah. Know, Kramer's, Kramer's man of the year. Kramer's, yeah, exactly. So a <laughs> <laughs> uh, long story on that one, but I was getting interviewed because I won a modeling competition. All right. And uh, they brought me on air, and I ended up, I was like, hey, man, can I kick a little rap for you guys? He was like, rap? I was like, yeah, 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 man, we'll do a little freestyle. So they, they played a beat, and I kicked the freestyle and blew everybody away in there. I was rapping about really? the show, and, and yeah, and then that's kind of how I got picked up, man. Oh, interesting. Oh, because, yeah, man, I didn't realize you've been doing this for 20 years. That's amazing. It's, it's fast yeah. how, that, how quickly that goes by. Yeah, I was 17 when I got my first show, man. Oh, man. Yeah. And he has, he has kids at least that old. <laughs> yeah, man. My oldest just turned 21. Uh, yeah, my boy's 15. My other one's 14, 13. So, yeah, we, we're Whoa. busy. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's he's a been a busy man. Yeah. <laughs> Note to self, keep the cable on, boys. Otherwise, we have nothing else to do around the house. Huh? <laughs> So and then so you get into radio and what what station do you start with? At? Um, it was uh one zero two seven. Okay, the bomb. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, just I when remember. they switched over from, uh, it was a country station, Double K Country. That's right. That's right. And then I think when we launched that station, we played Gap Band. Mm -hmm. uh, Drop the bomb on me. Yeah. Twenty four hours over. a day for like two weeks, and the country people were just hey, they were so mad. <laughs> They were like irate. There was like some people sending death threats, I think. Really? Station. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> was that to clear everybody off the station? <laughs> why, why would you? Yeah, it's, it was like a rebranding. So, you know, you, ah, you want to reset. So you <laughs> reset and then you they tease them with that song because, hey, you know, that was going to be the name when we kicked oh, it off. Oh, I see. Oh, I yeah. see. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, so you were doing the, the pop and the hip-hop and all that stuff for a while. So, yeah, your, your depth of music is pretty intense. Mm -hmm. but, by the way, uh, sorry, as you were talking, I, was, I, was thinking I asked a question, but I kind of got ahead of myself. So of all these concerts, <clears throat> what were, were a couple of your favorites that you got to see or experience? Oh, man. Um, I want to say Michael Jackson was pretty awesome. Celine Dion was good too, believe it or not. It was after that whole Titanic uh, show, and that song was huge. She was really good. Half the that time, first one, you know, that first one at the Blaze, though, yeah, that was the one. Okay, the maybe it wasn't the Blaze. I was thinking it was the um, Aloha Stadium. Oh, the stadium one. Oh, okay. Yeah, the stadium, and I would always sit all the way up in the highest part, you know, by my dad running the spotlight and and watch the show and it was just real cool you know i just my wife now chevy she was my girlfriend at the time and just to kind of show her like oh yeah i've been doing this for years come hang out <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was a really good one but then some of the other ones i enjoyed was like some of the r&b groups that used to come to the blaisdell 
Um, you know, they had uh, Silk and I uh, forget those other guys. But honestly, I've seen so many, man. It's really hard to put a thumb on one of them and say that's it. Yeah. You know, when entertainers are good, uh, it doesn't really matter because I, so I'll use Celine Dion as an example. Every year we, we have a, one of these um, conventions, you know, like real estate conventions. And it's usually in Las Vegas. Not always, but there's usually some kind of big act. So we've, I've seen the Beach Boys and B-52s, Jerry Seinfeld. And then one year, they, it was in Las Vegas at Caesars was the convention. So they just, there was one night they said, oh, if, you, if you're at the convention, you can just go see the Celine Dion show for free. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, yeah, okay, anything music, I'm just going to go. If it's free, man, I'm going to go take advantage, you know. And I'm not, I don't, I've never bought a Celine Dion CD or track or anything like that. But, of course, you hear the songs on, on um, right, right. oh, it looks like you got a visitor. <laughs> you, you hear the, this flash. <laughs> oh. Of course, you hear the songs, right, on the radio and stuff. And so... It was really enjoyable concert. It was great. I mean, she's amazing singer and the caliber of musicianship that she has on stage was excellent. And, you know, the, she has all these things where like she sings duets with people, but it's just mm-hmm. a hologram, not a hologram, you know, it's up on the screen and stuff. And I mean, if, if an artist is good, it doesn't really matter if, if you're familiar with the music or not. I'm sure you can walk away with something. Yeah, that was, um, I mean, she did a great show. Uh, Prince did another one too. His show was really good and this was when he was the artist the unpronounceable symbol ah. yeah oh, so, I mean, he, yeah you know he wouldn't he wouldn't say his name or whatever but when he started that was a really good one and then he started playing songs that were hits on the radio that you didn't know he he actually wrote yeah mm-hmm. right um and that's right. when you kind of figured out whoa man he wrote that song from jewel uh, i forget what the name of it was but it was it was like a really hit song and then Apparently, he didn't even put his name on the writing credits because from what I heard is he wanted to see if a song that he wrote, people liked just because it was him that wrote the song Uh, or if it was actually a hit. So some of those songs, he didn't even put his name on the writing credits. Mm. I heard his songwriting process is something like he would lock himself in the studio too, like until he came out with, you know, what he thought was an acceptable song, you know, so he might stay a whole day or days in there. And not come out of the studio, which is his commitment. For I sure. wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I wonder if he wore his high boots while he wrote it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would be nice to be able to be in a studio and lo- be able to lock yourself in there and just be able to work without any distractions or worrying about being charged by the hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. We, well, when you have a studio in your house, you know. Yeah, yeah it helps a little bit. Yeah. Hey, Cole, um, since, you know, you've been in the biz for uh, just a little while, um, Mm -hmm. I know we've asked this question before, but for you, uh, how has the music in Hawaii changed in terms of the artists, the way they get their music out, um, how they respond to the radio? To be quite honest with you, I I think artists still, well, I kind of know, not all of them, but I think they still get excited. Like radio solidifies the deal. Mm -hmm. Um, It's easy for anybody to go upload their song to, you know, Spotify, uh, Apple Music, um, SoundCloud, it's easy for them to do it. But it's still a process to get your song played on the radio. We're, Devin, as you know, we're selective. Um, we don't have room for everything and anything. And then 
it's like people always wonder, oh, well, how come my stuff never just play? Like, how come you just can't throw them in? And you don't understand, like, nowadays you got a 24-hour clock. You have certain categories that you can play songs in. You can't play five brand-new songs in a row. You know, you have to mix it up to familiar, unfamiliar, new, familiar. You know, it, it has to have a balance to it. Otherwise, you lose people. Right. Um, and... I, I never really understood that, you know, for the longest time until I got over into the music director and program director where now you're the one working these clocks and you're deciding what's going to go where. And then by now you hear so many hits, like, you know, what works, you know, what doesn't work. And to be honest, it's like you hear something and, and the artists are really biased because it's like, of course you, you made that, you know, you put a lot of hard work and time into that song. And I totally get it. I would feel the same way if I did, you always think your song's the best. It's all, oh, bro, this is one hit right here. Oh, this is the best thing you ever heard. But this song is so fire. And then they press play. And after me years hearing, you know, what actually does work and the, the sound, it's like, sometimes you almost wonder, wow, have you, uh, take a step back. Go listen to the radio station that you're planning on getting your song trying to play it on. Like, if you want your song played on this station, listen to everything that's on that station. Now, listen to your song again. Does it sound like it would fit anywhere on there? Mm. Oh, no, but uh, exactly. It's really hard. You know, it's like it, that song is, is so right field. I understand your passion, but there's just not a station that plays that style. You know, or it's, it's too, it's, you know, it's too hardcore of a rap or, or something like that. And um, so I think radio still solidifies the deal though. It's like, you know, they can get their song everywhere, but when it hits the radio and it wasn't by their doing, it's like, wow, this guy, they took it, they listened to it. It made the cut. You what know, is your process for finding the, um, your artists Are people flipping your MP3 files left and right? Or are you searching YouTube or just, Having you know, there used to be a time I was searching YouTube and stuff, but at this point of the game, I, it's hard. I don't have time. Um, yeah. And it's weird. Like, a lot of people think we got all the time in the world, but, I mean, like, when Devin hit me up for this, I'm literally spaced out. I'm in there trying to do a world premiere for Hyrie, who's in San Diego listening right now, and then I got another one from Jay Boog, you know, and I'm getting his voice work and all this stuff. So there's a lot of things that go on. I don't, like, sit there between every song and then – you know, just wait for my next break to come up. So yeah. it is really busy. So nowadays, a lot of artists are sending me music. And oh. um, I guess, you know, once you get in that kind of circle and you meet a lot of people, it's like my emails are just, I probably have like, I'm not even lying, like 5,000 unchecked emails. So it's like oh. they constantly got to keep up on me and then, you know, and then they send them to the Instagram and then you'll get a DM on Facebook and then they'll email it to you and then somebody will text you a link. And now, you you know, you just overlooked all of this stuff. So they got to constantly like, hey, cool. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah, thanks, man. Send it again. I'll sit down, listen to it right now and then give them feedback, you know, whether what I think or a lot of times um, I'll get artists when they're making their music or they're planning on putting out an EP. They'll actually send me the whole thing. And be like, hey, I want you to take a listen to this and see if we're going in the right direction. Yeah. Wow. Um, and and not just like, you know, the regular local artists. We'll get some, you know, big artists too that are literally sending me stuff while they're recording it in the raw version. Like, hey, uh, you think we should, you know, really put a go on this song and actually make it work? Is it your guy's style or what? Because surprisingly, um, 
a lot of these artists know that they have to launch out of Hawaii. Interesting. Even artists that aren't from Hawaii. Well, the wow. part so that, the part that you got, got Soja, who got their start out of Hawaii. They were making their reggae music in San Diego. Nobody picked them up. There's no stations like this that play their stuff. It was San Diego. Huh. Um, so they launched out of here. Iration launched out of here. Revolution launched out of here. Um, believe it or not, it's like, uh, you know, you look at even some of the Marleys, like for Damian Marley, when he dropped his last album, he literally flew out here to come do an interview with us and then flew back the next day. Wow. Because they know that, that here is where that sound launches from. Uh, look at Shaggy. Shaggy mm. was traveling around doing tours. Nobody was showing up to his show. All of a sudden, you know, we picked up It Wasn't Me and started playing it. Next thing you know, it revitalized his career. Is, Go ahead. Oh, sorry, I interrupt you. But is there, is there a, a radio um, etiquette where if you do discover a, a certain song or an artist and you start playing it in rotation, is there a radio etiquette among your counterparts that won't play that because you guys discovered them? Or is it just like, hey, oh. that station song is new. I'm going to play it too now. You know? <laughs> What's the etiquette in radio versus for that kind of stuff? Oh, man, I hate to say this, but half the time I'm discovering all the songs. And then in about three weeks or a month, everybody else is playing it. <laughs> That's, that's pretty a, much how it's going. <laughs> it's, it's, a it's a tale as old as time. I think that's yeah, how yeah. it's kind of always been. Yeah, there's certain certain people on the on the cusp of everything, and then you know there's some people who follow follow along. Yeah, it's one of these things. Like even because um, I, I as a as an old guy, I get confused because like there's an artist like Leilani Wolfgram, mm -hmm. who I thought was a local person, and then I I'm like she looks local. She sound, you know, she's playing kind of local sounding music. And I'm like, man, I haven't seen her around at any gigs or concert. And then comes out, she's, she's not from here, but has that sound. But Hawaii is a place where she could, you know, grow some, uh, some fan base. And so she promotes herself over here. I'm, ass I'm assuming, right? Yeah. So. She does have family out here. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. The wolf, with the wolf gram. So the tongue inside, yeah, of the family is out here, but is yeah, that you're the right. One, the, the, is that the same family as the Jets? That is. That's all her cousins. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So she does have family like ties out here, but yeah, you're right. She's from Florida. Um, yeah. That's another artist that broke out. I remember Ian Young from Tribal Seeds was producing her, and I never heard of her. I mean, she never had anything out before. She hasn't even released, you know, a song. But right. I remember Ian Young sending me this and go, hey, man, I'm working with this new girl. I'm about to do an album. And it's kind of weird because you're brand new artist coming out with just an album. It's like, wow, you know, nobody really does bodies of work anymore. <laughs> but um, he was like, hey, I want to send it to you and check it out. And the first song I played off of it was uh, Herbie, Herbie Vore. I think the album was Rebels. And I was like, oh, man, dude, this would be a hit out here. So I started playing it on the radio. Yeah. And then I remember Lito later, Leilani uh, came out and she was like, man, I was, I got a text from one of my family members and they were like, girl, you're on the radio. And she was like, well, what do you mean? I haven't even released anything yet. <laughs> that's how I got the song was from Ian Young, you know, and then I started playing it on the radio. And then that's kind of how she uh, got her start. But it, but it is nice because, yeah, these people with, with roots here in Hawaii can kind of come back now and do stuff that normally they'd be so disconnected. It's, it's so hard, you know, so it's kind of nice to see those kind of stories. By the way, uh, Koa, how are you on doing on time? I know you got a, a hard out. 
Uh, yeah, I probably got about 10 more minutes with you guys. Well, I tell you what, hey, Dev, why don't we do the album discs? Okay, <laughs> you're going to hate this question, Cole, but we, we always ask it of everybody. Um, we need your three Desert Island discs. Your three albums you would take to a Desert Island. They cannot be greatest hits albums. Oh, so these man. would be, you'd be stuck on an island forever. Yeah, your three all, favorite all albums, have. three most influential albums, whatever you want to go. Oh my goodness, boys. <laughs> while, while, you're, um, while you're thinking of that, I'll tell a little story. So um, I got to talk to Dr. Jill today. So this is totally, totally like off topic. It's a COVID, COVID story. And I, I had someone that I'm going to be seeing later on this week that at one point had been tested positive for COVID. That person has gone through the, um, the you know, quarantine, feels better, all that kind of stuff. So I was asking her if it's safe to go and, uh, and be, you know, with this person. She said, yeah, no problem. You know, as long as they've done their quarantine, they're feeling better, they don't have a fever, all that stuff, it should be fine. And she said, you know, it, it could even be safer with someone like that because they've already fought off the, the virus, you know, they've, they, their immune system has kicked everything off. So versus just showing up with a complete stranger who you may or may not know ever had COVID. So, mm -hmm. so just a little uh, PSA out there for those of you who are scared to associate yourself with someone who may have tested positive for coronavirus. If so the LG will be able to go wherever he wants pretty soon then. So yeah, so in, a, in, a, in two, two weeks or so, when the LG is around you, you don't have to uh, duck and cover. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So okay, get the good plasma, that's why. Get the plasma. Yeah, that's, right, that's right, that's right. <laughs> okay, okay, Koi, you, you've had some time to think. Now lay it on us. All right, boys, I'm getting calls over here. Oh, sorry. So three albums. Oh, man, that's so tough, boys. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to go with one of my favorites. I tell you what, I'll make one album... It's like two, uh, the Tupac All Eyes on Me double disc. That's okay, one I, I'll, I'll yeah. give you that. I'll give you that. And I'll probably get like 24 songs out of that one or something. <laughs> um, oh, man, I would definitely would take um, Brother Is album in, this, in the uh, Face in the Future. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. On a mellow side, if you happen to discover some rum on that deserted island of yours, yeah. Uh, I'll say my and the back. next one's a, uh, the next one's a tough one guys because um I would definitely I love my slow jams okay. I really love them man and I okay. don't know if I have any one favorite slow jam artist but I guess uh I could go with the boys to men boys to men yeah the one with it I make love all, yeah, all, yeah. all those hits on there yeah, I'll get it all for kids. There you go. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so the slow <laughs> jam. Deserted, deserted island, just like, relax. Yeah. You, you know, the one thing that, that Facing Future did that I've never, I haven't seen anybody really do effectively since then is some of the songs, especially the Hawaiian ones that Is did on that CD, like the one about Milo Lee and stuff, some of them are just the ukulele and upright bass and his mm -hmm. voice. You know, and, and those are like so nice. I mean, the bass just fills that bottom up so well. And then the ukulele is uh, got the high end. So you have this nice like high, low, and then his very prominent voice in the middle. Like I, I, no one's ever done that since then that I know of that's, that's really done it well. Like it's it. just, it was just raw and he was yeah. so good at it too. Um, yeah. And I got so many stories. I could do a whole, whole show on just, you know, him and all of his little, side stories and things because i was with him so much i mean i was literally always with him um growing up so there's a lot of cool stuff i could share a lot of things that you know nobody knows and 
It's just worry, we're ready. gonna we're gonna bring you back, boo. No worry, we're gonna bring you back. He's a good guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Cole, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. It's been it's been super interesting. Yeah, I want to get into more Iz stories next time, but we'll definitely have you back, and we appreciate you taking your time to come and talk to us. Sure thing, man. I appreciate you, gentlemen. Thank, thank you guys you, for having me on. It, man. Okay. All right, have guys. Okay. Take you care. too. Hold on. Let me figure out how to hang this up. <laughs> he's gonna mute himself now. Yeah, no, he did it. He's still there. Oh no, he's gone. All right, okay. You know All what right. was me? Yeah. When I went to a Mountain Apple Company for a meeting, and um, that Pau drum from from Facing Future was Facing Future. In the, oh in the, in the yeah. Lobby. And I was like, "Is that the drum?" And they said, "Yeah." I'm like, oh my god! Like you can just feel, you know, the mana out of that thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. It was amazing to see that. Yeah. That album is uh, is really a classic. I mean, I know that Gaylord worked with the, those tracks later and remixed and stuff, but that raw, yeah. just straight ukulele-based vocal, I, I, it doesn't, I don't know. There's something about it that just was so cool. Oh, yeah. Because well, I think cause some of it, he, I mean, he was just like wake up in the middle of the night. and Ran like, down there and recorded. Down, you know what I mean? Like called John DeMello and say, I got to get into the studio and record. Yeah. And I yeah. think he was able to do stuff like that. Huh? The one for world one was was that story, right? Yeah. And it's just ukulele, right? Yeah. yeah. It's pretty amazing, yeah. man. Hey, so um I have a couple of stories that I wanted to kind of touch on if, if you guys don't mind. Okay. Go for it. So are we um, doing wait, are we Patreoning this or is this just us talking? Uh well, we haven't gone quite long enough to I was, Oh, okay. Did you want okay. to do page we can now, I guess. Well, we'll just drop it whenever you feel you want to chop it, John. Put it in. Okay. We just keep going. Yeah. All right. So um, I don't know if you, I, I posted a, a, a Facebook post about this, and I don't know what you guys think, but whatchamacallit, there's a scientist who just discovered that there's the chemical phosphine that they found on Venus, which oh. may signal that there may be life on Venus. So what do you think about that? I think they're coming to get us. <laughs> I think it's I, I, time. Can they please? Can they please hurry? You know, they they need to make stupid people on this earth smart again. You know, and <laughs> it's time, man. It's time to come down. Show yourself <laughs> and fix us. <laughs> fix this planet, man. <laughs> That's you know, what I think. It, it, I, at this point, at in this year, if it happened where we found out that there's some kind of life outside of ours, I would not be surprised. Exactly right, man. I don't think we're going to get green men type life, but even if they found like a plant or, or even like a bacteria or something that, that lives outside of this planet, uh, it would be, I'd be pretty excited and pretty satisfied. I'm amazed that we've gone this long without finding something. Yeah. Cause it's pretty, it's, it's a uh, pretty, uh, you have to have a lot of hubris to think that we're the only people who live in the universe. I'm like just waiting the only for life like, forms that are in the universe. That's the part that's like, what? I'm just waiting for like Bigfoot to come out of the forest because of all the fires. I'm going, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you guys doing? Yeah. What are you guys yeah. doing? Uh, running down my home. Holy shit. But well, the way, I, the way it was explained to me about finding significant life is that the universe is so expansive and so big. And, you know, like, the time that the earth is is viable for life is very small when you think about the time frame that universes exist and all that kind of stuff so there 
definitely could be life and other planets, but they may be so far away that there's no way to ever get here. Also, the time frame that we're on this on this Earth is such is such a blip that you know you could have life, but it, it, they're not coinciding at the same time because on the scale of of the universe and the timeline and all that stuff, our time is such a short amount of time that there may be other intelligent life, but they just don't exist currently at this point, you know? So, That's such a deep thought, John. Have you been doing DMT or smoking Pocalola? I have not been doing DMT. No, no, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, but that, that's, how, that's how what made me think about, about it. But, you know, I don't know. The, Venus is a gaseous planet. You could have some bacteria there. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I, I'm just ready for whatever, man. It would not surprise me at all if something like that happened. Yeah. You know? It'd be kind of cool in a way. The other thing that I wanted to bring up was, uh, so at Windward Mall, it looks like they're pushing around um, some, uh, some space where the Sears was. So as you know, Sears is no longer at Windward Mall, but it looks like there's finally some activity going there. Okay. So this is, I'll give Reddit credit because I was, on, um, I was on Reddit and I read about this. Although I'm changing the uh, question a little bit. If there were a franchise to come down from the mainland down here and fill in that space, what would make you excited? You know, what, what could come down here and, and, uh, and, and make you go like, ooh, I want to go out to Windward Mall to, to check this out. Would it be a Trader Joe's or would it be a Olive Garden? Me you personally, know, I would do an In-N-Out. That's a big In-N-Out though you'd have I to know. space. I know, yeah. So I'm trying to think of something that would fit in that space. But uh, what, what? Were, I think the rumor was Target, right? Oh. oh, okay. All right. Target. I mean, well, we have a lot of targets here. So yeah, but, if you could, if you could, um, you could fantasize and bring anything you wanted. Ikea. Ooh. I Hands know. down. Ikea would kill it in Hawaii. Yeah. I kind of would want Trader Joe's only because I freaking hate going to Trader Joe's and being dragged there when I'm in <laughs> Vegas. Or in oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was then. We don't have to worry about it, you know? But, um, <laughs> like with Bath and Body Works, right? Yeah, I remember like waiting for everybody in Bath and Body Works getting. Like, well, only you would be waiting for everybody in Bath and Body Works. Yeah, because like, we're, we're in Vegas. They all go. We gotta go back to Body Works. I go. Oh, what? <laughs> well, my girlfriend, my wife. I'm like, why? That stink. That soap. And I gotta wait outside in the mall while they go in and grab all their Bath He's and Body Works. so grumpy <laughs> when you gotta go shopping. Go <laughs> out of here and gamble, man! What the hell am I doing here? <laughs> I I way, uh, your your uh, yeah. your COVID haircut is very nice, Carl. Even though it was a totally accidental. I know, bro. I, At least I you got a nice I, head, but you get a nice shaped head, bro. So you're all right. You think? You think so? I don't know. Yeah. I was on a diet, and I realized there's no hair to dye. I might have just <laughs> waited to grow back. Yeah. What do you mean the haircut was accidental? How does it that happen? You know, I wanted to shave my head because we were on week four without me cutting. Well, week six without me cutting my hair. Okay. When I woke up in the morning, it would just stand up like this, super straight up, and it wouldn't cool down. Yeah. And I, I would leave the house and go to Starbucks, and I'd come home, and my wife would look at my hair and go, you went out like that. I'm like, like what? And I looked in the mirror, and it's like full on just standing up like this. So I used to wet it, and it still stands up. So I said, screw it. I'm going to shave it. But then I grabbed the, um, the blade that was, I thought was going to be long, and then I went uh. like, and I went, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so it's just too short for what you thought you were going to do. Yeah, yeah. Because I wanted to look at least, you know, semi-hair. Not you know? crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Now I look, I don't know. I guess I look. That shit looks pretty good, bro. Really? My wife hates it, so. Really? All right. 
Yeah. Why? Well, this is this is horrible pod for the audio listeners because no one's gonna. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, Kyle has very very short hair, like close crop to the skull kind. So. Well, is most of our listeners you think listen or most of our listeners watch? I I have no idea to be honest. We should take a poll. Okay. How can we looking at the numbers, John? How can we do a poll? I mean, I I do, but I don't know. See, the thing about like YouTube and um, SoundCloud and all all these things is that you it it shows you a running you know tally of of views or hits or whatever but it's not very specific as to like are these the same people clicking on it multiple times or is this new listeners or are these people who are listening for a long i mean youtube probably has the best analytics but on soundcloud i don't know if, if those are people who are listening through the whole podcast or they, they just clicked on it and then we got to listen and then you know like it varies it for from, five minutes and then leave yeah, yeah, it, it varies from from guest to guest or show to show, and some guests you would think have a lot of uh, would have a lot of people wanting to listen. Don't, and then there's some that make a lot of comments on it, some that are not. So I, I really don't know. I mean, I, I just we just throw this out there and just hope that people enjoy it. But in, in general, it looks like YouTube does have a lot of hits, like a lot of really views, right? I mean, we average like what twelve hundred to fifteen hundred views in the beginning. Now we're going like seven to eight hundred. Yeah, right now. Wow. So, yeah, that yeah. alone would make me think that they're watching it more than listening. Yeah, you know? but at the same time, like I, I don't know what the rules are now. But when High Session started back in 2011, I remember back then, your first 300 views accrued if someone just clicked on the on the video. So if they click oh, it, really? they click off. That's a view. Okay. Then after 300, they had to watch for a certain length of time before it counted as a view. So, so it, it, yeah, so, you know, with all of our subscribers, you could easily get to 300 with people just clicking on it, just thinking that, is there going to be music here? And then they look at our faces and then they <laughs> click off, right? <laughs> Damn it, I'm being so, pulled again. <laughs> so you have, to, you have to discount that. But I don't even know what the rules are now. Like, it could be yeah. higher. Like, it could be 600 views. It's just click on, click on. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. But, but I do know that over time, the um, listenership, as far as the amount of minutes listened has gone up as an average. So I think people are getting used to seeing the podcast and either they're avoiding it, meaning they're not listening to it at all, or they are clicking on it to listen to it for a certain, for an extended amount of time. Right. So we're getting less and less of people just checking it out to see what it is, you know, which yeah. I think was part of the um, drop off from when we were getting more hits to now, or, I mean, we could just be terrible and people not listening, but I think it has more to do with people kind of realizing that there's two sections of the channel now. There's the podcast and there's the music side. And I'm trying to like make the thumbnails clear so they differentiate themselves. Mm. So it's not confusing. Yeah. Okay. But, okay. Good idea. I, I don't know. I was just wondering if we could take a poll, but I wouldn't even know how to do that to see if they watch or listen more. Yeah, I guess I could on Patreon. Patreon is our, is our basically our, our most, uh, people who are engaged the most. So they would be, I think, the most honest about it. So maybe I'll throw a poll up there because we can definitely do that. Okay. You know, I have a... I'm sorry, I missed it. Did we get any new people? We did. So Mr. Oh, oh. Kevin out there uh, started uh, his Patreon. Okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, we appreciate Kevin, it. Kevin, I had another... Well, actually for John too, you know, going back to your COVID uh, thing with your... Yeah. With your fellow disc jockeys and... and people on the LG and all that. 
Esme got is getting got test is not getting tested yet, right? Until what do you mean? When she well, she got the test the day that she got. In, she's getting she a test the day of, but the okay, day so, of your so exposure say, doesn't it, it doesn't matter. It's yeah, not, it doesn't I mean, matter. unless you already have COVID, days, it's not. Gonna yeah, matter. you gotta wait a couple of days before she gets tested yeah. again. Right? So if she gets tested within the two week quarantine, hmm? right, and it's negative, hmm? does she still have to quarantine for two weeks? Yes. Because you can be, you can, uh, you can show symptoms anywhere from five to ten days. Like that, the no gestation period for the thing is five negative. to ten days. Huh? So no matter even if it's negative, you still got yeah. a quarantine. I think yeah. people are confused about that, right? Yeah. Well, because uh, I think I, I was mentioning it to somebody that yeah, because you can. That's one of the junk things about this particular thing. Like if you get the flu, right? If you catch the flu, you know you've got the flu within like two three days. Like you're exposed to somebody, two, three days later, you catch the flu, bang, right? Yeah. Um, almost every other disease is kind of like that. This thing is very different in the sense that you can catch it, you can sit with it for a really long time, not show any symptoms, not be outwardly feeling sick. And then five to 10 days later, like 10 days later, boom, all of a sudden you're feeling like crap. And then you come down with an, this really bad case of it. But a lot of it is just how quickly, I guess, it builds up the the virus in your body before you start shedding it mm-hmm. so it can be anywhere from five to ten days that's why they that's why 14 days is supposedly that that sweet spot so nobody went beyond 20 14 days nobody went day 20 and go wait a minute not I that i know of i mean there there've probably been maybe one or two cases like out of i don't know how many millions of cases we've had now maybe one or two that were like that that are sort of the the uh outside the norm but everybody that they've known has been in that sort of 14 day window mm. right I, I remember twice when i got the flu like the the moment that i got it i, mm-hmm. I don't know if, if you guys have had that but like one time i was on maui i had to do a gig on maui and i so herb and i fly up there we get the rental car and, and i'm like fine i feel amazing it's great right we go to mcdonald's you drive through we eat lunch i'm driving there and as soon as we get like to the hotel i'm like oh bro, i don't i don't feel that good like i'm starting to get like kind of body aches and stuff and then i'm like i tell you what go go set up your stuff and i'm gonna take a nap in the car because we got some time so i lay down and then bam i was just freaking that was that gig i was right yeah i was just like i made it through the gig and i made it home i had to fly back home too that day but i was just Dunzo, you know, like after you gave that? everybody in the plane the flu too. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, John. <laughs> Herb must have got home and went, oh shit. Yeah. In reality, in reality, that's not when the moment you got it, right? That's when the moment. Right, the, right, the right, right, right. Symptoms just appear. Yeah. Right, or the moments, yeah, the symptoms disappeared. The other time was I was golfing and I just remember, like, bro, my legs are so sore. You know, like, I don't, I don't remember golfing taking this much out of me, you know? Like, I feel like, man, I like, I, so tired like and then after that that night i was all sick and that's the the day before um arden cho do you guys know who arden cho is yeah 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 so she's a actress and she came out onto high sessions and i, I never made it because i was sick I was so oh confirmed. you missed out. missed out the one time the pretty actress <laughs> from the mainland comes in since on the show i'm not there but, oh man yeah well, I mean, and that's that's the that's one of the differences between the flu and the COVID nineteen thing, right? The yeah. flu, when you get the flu, you know you've got the flu, right? You know, there's no there's no half stepping with flu, bro. <laughs> you, you got it. And it you think it's food poisoning. 
Huh? In the beginning, you think it's food poisoning. Oh, well. I mean, you may feel a little funky, but yeah. yeah. But you know, you know what I mean? You can go, it's zero to flu. <laughs> it's not, you know, there's no right, like, right. Uh, whereas with COVID, it's like, uh, I'm not sure. Oh, I only got sniffles. I got this. There's been so many different permutations of this thing. So many different mixtures of, of uh, problems, of things that can go wrong. And you have COVID that that's, that's what makes it, I think, most scary for doctors because they just, they just don't know. They just don't know. You know what yeah. felt like the flu and wasn't, John? And you might want to check it out as another alternative. That- I had kidney stones. Oh. When oh. that shit turned on, I was barfing. I was just miserable. I had stomach cramps, back aches. But I thought I had the flu or food poisoning. And I don't know what made me realize I had kidney stones. But then, yeah, that shit makes you feel like you have the flu too, man. Really? Plus yeah. the pain of the kidney stone. It's not even that. I, I was nauseous. I thought I ate something wrong. I didn't know it was affecting my kidneys in a way. Huh. It was really weird. Yeah. Did you get to keep the stone? I never passed it, bro. Huh? I was so set on dissolving that thing because my urologist that I went to goes, oh, yeah, you have kidney stone. And I go, yeah. And then the fucker, he go, he go, you now can tell people you've experienced worse pain or just as worse as childbirth. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, you're going you're gonna to experience that kind of pain. I go, well, what can I do to stop it? He goes, no, it will just come. And then you would just have to do it. I'm like, well, fuck you. I <laughs> so I went home and I was like, screw that guy. I am not going back to him for a recheck or whatever. Just fuck that guy and I'm going to solve it myself. So I went online. I did the whole self-diagnosed thing and quick remedy, home remedy. I did like pineapple, what, watermelon juice. And I did all this kind of stuff. And I went to my other friend who does acupuncture and I'm, she told me, oh, try, try these Chinese pills. I took all that. And then um, tanking water left and right to just dissolve it, whatever it was in my you know, kidneys. And then I went back, and they couldn't find it. They go, oh, it's gone. And I'm like, yeah, it's gone. You freaking, I screwed <laughs> myself because you were good for nothing. you know. And this is why Kyle has problems with doctors. <laughs> wow. Yeah, man. Well, I had, I had a doctor once. Um, I won't say his name. but So I, I used to get warts on my hands. I don't really anymore. I don't know why what happened, but I used to a long time ago in my what college. Where are you doing? Where you being? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so so but they, they were small, and then I'd go in and they freeze them off, right? Yeah. And then, but one time I had one on my thumb, and it was pretty big, like it was bigger than all the other ones. So I go to the doctor, and he looks at it. He's like, "Oh, you know what? That one is kind of too big. I don't think we can freeze it off." He said, "I'm gonna inject you with this." Um, Basically, they use it for cancer, but I'm going to inject you with this thing and then it'll, it'll kind of kill the, kill the root and then the thing is going to fall off. Yeah. He goes, but I, he says, uh, but I got to warn you, I just did this on myself the other day and it hurts a lot. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. And then I go like, well, can't you just numb my thumb? And he's like, oh, yeah, I never thought of that. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, how could you not have thought of that? So, so, so he numbed my thumb. And then I didn't even feel like anything. It was, it was even, even easier than the freezing because the freezing kind of hurts when they... Yeah, they freezing burns, off. yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was like, I just felt a poke, like a regular poke from a, a needle. And then once the thing numbed, it was just numb. And he just injected the whatever and it worked fine. But... Okay, so... Like, how can you not think of that? That's the first thing that I to think of. Is like, how am I going to get this to not hurt as much as possible? Right? I think the next question we have to ask you is, 
Are you still seeing that same doctor? No, I don't go to him anymore. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah. So, but uh, I mean, yeah. This explains so much. <laughs> Talk about stuff. <laughs> How'd you play guitar with warts on your fingers, man? It never hit me in a place that that, and it would it would be like I don't know maybe once a year I'd, I'd feel something on my finger. Oh, that and I go and just get it zapped off and then. Use a different finger for that couple of weeks or whatever, and then good again. It's all, it's all good. Yeah, it's all I'm good. I'm glad man. you're better now. Work Thanks. Yeah, you. I haven't had him. I'd say in like a decade, I haven't had one. Wow. I wow. just got my my eczema on my fingers now. It's, it's changed. What? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So that's Cracking. kind of that's kind of new. Yeah, the skin get dry and cracks and stuff. Let me see your finger. Can I can I tell? No, I mean I don't have it bad. It kind of kind of comes and goes like. I put the medicine on and then it goes away. So eczema on your fingers—that's a new one. Yeah, oh, my roommate had. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I tell you what, we'd like to thank all of our listeners for this last <laughs> section. Of listen to this <laughs> random stuff already. But um, next yeah, but week, Cole, I mean, Cole was really great. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I want to have him back just so he sure. can tell us more stories about. Wait, 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 wait before we end, John, I want to ask Devin, what family is Cole? From that was so involved it, with these these big. His, I think stuff. his mom and Marlene, Sai? are are related oh, to each other, right. something like that. Oh, okay. I, I forget. I forget exactly what it was. He told me a long time ago, and I'm, I'm I apologize that I forgot. But, but yeah, he really did. Like he grew up. He grew up with his. But not only is though all those big concerts and seeing all the events and stuff like that, sitting in you know sitting backstage and all that was a kid. Yeah. Did his, did his parents, like, were they production people or promotion people? Um, no, I think, actually, I think it's actually, uh, well, the dad, he was saying the dad worked the spotlight and stuff like that. So I think they were union. He, did, he was probably like staging, They were union yeah. guys, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. I thought you guys were going to lead into those questions, but you never did. So I went, oh, okay. But, yeah, and I don't know, I, I just didn't ask because I, I didn't know if you wanted to... I don't, I, didn't know, I don't know what his last name is, actually. Could have been Rosine, Ken Rosine's family, you know, or... or, or it's, it's Anderson. Moffitt or something, you know, I just didn't no, know. No, 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 no. Okay. But, yeah, um, yeah he's, a, he's a really good guy, and he, he, really, uh, he really feels the music. I think it's one of the reasons why he does such a good job. Yeah, yeah I, I appreciate his music knowledge, yeah. It's oh, yeah. It's vast, man. It's kind of scary. Especially if back and just talk about... Let's go back yeah. and talk about is though. I want to hear all yeah. the yeah. Of course. I, I'm sure we have to. We'll just, we'll just have to. I'll have to get him to say yes and then make sure I call him. <laughs> okay. him right. Come on, let's go. Let, let's get him back and put him in the studio and we can just hang out face to face. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Sorry, you know. Anyway, uh, thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. And um, okay. yeah, thank you to all the listeners. Aloha. Take Shoot. care. Bye. See you.